0: So coming up later in the show, we will be discussing the latest developments surrounding Donald Trump's tax release. Finally, after many years of, of speculation, of debate, of lawsuits, of pushback from the Trump family and Trump himself, uh, the taxes are out. And there's some interesting stuff to be to be found within those taxes. Chances are, At least a couple of years, you probably paid more taxes than Donald Trump. And therein lies the problem. (laughs) And therein lies the problem. We're also going to discuss briefly the visit of Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, President Zelensky is in town. He's in D.C. meeting with President Biden and going to address Congress. God, what's this going to look like in 10 years, 20 years? (laughs) I think it's going to look very very bad but we will sit here with our popcorn and watch it play out but president Zelensky didn't just come to dc to say what's up he came to collect some Skrilla to get some money some mo billions for ukraine and um that kind of brings me to our very first story that i want to talk about because while america guarantees that its military war machine continues to function abroad, around the world, in Ukraine, everywhere, every corner that you can think of, please believe that the militaristic machine definitely exists right here at home in the form of funding the police and make sure the police, who never were defunded in any serious way following the 2020 uprisings um, surrounding the deaths, the murders, of both Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, but in lots of places, the police have in fact doubled down, tripled down with the assistance of many elected officials, lots of them Democrats. And one of those places happens to be Atlanta, Georgia, where the Atlanta Police Department is determined to construct a new public safety training facility, something that organizers and activists in Atlanta have called Cop City. If you follow my channel, Burn It Down with Kim Brown, we have been covering the Stop Cop City movement for quite some time. And if you're not familiar with it, um, we're going to get you brought up to speed. But what you guys need to understand is that the construction or the potential construction and the reason why there was such a serious grassroots entrenched fight against this cop city is because it combines so many elements right now that are worthy of fighting against, including the occupation of black and brown neighborhoods via the police and funding the police to those means, uh, the destruction of forests and the role that environmental justice is playing in this fight, and your simple ability to be able to protest and resist such actions by the state without being labeled let's say, a domestic terrorist. So I'm going to come back and get you more up to speed. But I want us to check out this quick TikTok video. For those, again, who are not familiar with the Stop Cop City fight, this is a fight that every activist, if you consider yourself to be on the political left, this is a fight you need to be paying attention to because there is a lot at stake here. So let's check out this clip from TikTok that gives us a very quick two-minute overview about what's happening there in Atlanta. Atlanta is
1: planning on building a $90 million training ground in the forest to practice urban warfare tactics. Activists are calling it Cop City and say it will harm Black people and the environment.
2: The facility would be a space where the police could practice tear gas, explosions, bomb testing, have a shooting range, practice high speed chases, like they're literally going to build a mock city of Atlanta to practice different urban warfare tactics. The purpose of this project is to be able to better surveil, better suppress, um, and better prevent liberation movements that directly address the exploitation that Black and working class communities
1: are feeling. Atlanta actually increased its police budget after Black Lives Matter protests and a movement to defund the police. More than 70% of Atlantans disapprove of Cop City. In 2021, Atlanta's population was almost 50% Black. 20% of Atlantans live in poverty.
2: The Atlanta police have always been antagonistic towards poor and working class people. They have been active agents of gentrification.
1: Cop City is proposed to be built on land that included a slave plantation and a prison farm. The construction would cut down part of the South River Forest, which helps prevent flooding and protects against extreme heat. Activists against Cop City are occupying the forest, building barricades, and protesting against corporate sponsors to stop construction.
2: Defund the police, abolish them, and invest in the things that actually keep us safe. We've been ramping up our efforts to get folks in the community trained on things like restorative justice, on medic trainings, on de-escalation tactics, disaster relief, all the things that we know actually keep us safe when we're in crisis. And so we don't need to call the police. Folks don't feel they need to engage 911 that will have those skills in our community
0: and can meet our own needs. We keep us safe. So within the past week, a number of protesters who have been occupying a particular section of the forest were arrested and charged with, among other things, domestic terrorism. And mind you, these are people who were conducting a peaceful action. They were occupying the trees, the actual tree sitters. It's been quite a remarkable protest that has been happening in Atlanta for, for a sustained amount of time there. And today we are joined uh, with one of our guests that is gonna get us a little bit better up to speed. Marlon Kautz is an organizer with the Atlanta Solidarity Fund. And since 2016, the Atlanta Solidarity Fund has defended the right to protest by providing bail and legal support to targets of state uh, repression. And Marlon is joining us today. We appreciate you making some time today, Marlon. Thanks a lot. Glad to be here. Okay, so so let's start off with, with what has happened in recent days with a number of the tree sitters being attacked by police. Um, they were attacked with chemical weapons. It, it was a violent arrest and extraction of these folks. From out of the forest, and now they have been charged with something as extreme and very vague as domestic terrorism. Can you can you fill us in on on what's going on there?
3: Exactly. Well, you did a great job setting up the background of the the ongoing campaign um, that activists have been involved in um, over the past two years or so. What's happened in the past week has been a a marked escalation um, on the part of police in repressing this movement. Um, police have been engaged in a variety of strategies to try to um, basically get the activists who are protesting Cop City to forget about their, the movement, their protest, to go home um, and to be quiet, um, and their their efforts have not been working. Like the, the police have not been able to end the movement, um, presumably because the public is so outraged about the plans to construct um, this training facility. Um, what we saw last week was the police basically unleashing, um, basically completely unleashing their police force um, to use whatever uh, repressive measures are necessary in order to try to end the movement. Um, so what that looked like in practice um, was um, police in large numbers raiding the forested area where activists had set up uh, in like protest encampments, um, including people who had who were living in trees, um, like in houses in trees. Um, uh, police ordered these people to leave and based on what we've heard um, when when those activists refused to leave um, and insisted on continuing their protest in the forest, um, police launched tear gas canisters into the tree houses um, uh, in an effort basically to use chemical weapons to torture uh, these activists into surrendering. Um, And once the activists did surrender, they were arrested and as you mentioned, charged with domestic terrorism. All of this is completely unprecedented uh, in the in the Atlantic context and really nationally. Um, There's a there are a number of domestic terrorism statutes that are in place in different states. Um, These are state charges, not federal terrorism charges. Um, And it seems at least from the legal experts that we that we're working with um, and our analysis so far to be a completely baseless charge that uh, has nothing to do with anything that activists were actually doing, um, but effectively an, an effort to terrorize the movement by associating it with the big terrorism word. You know, this word that carries so much baggage that demonizes so many people.
0: I mean, just imagine you're sitting in a tree and all of a sudden you're a domestic terrorist. What? <laughs> that, doesn't even, that doesn't even make any sense. I'm sitting in this tree completely unarmed and somehow I'm committing an act of domestic terrorism. I want you to describe for, for us, if you could, Marlon, when you when you talk about people living in the trees, I, I'm not sure if people who have not been following this story fully understand the commitment that the people who call themselves the Atlanta Forest Defenders have been making to this protest action. So they have been maintaining a con- Consistent presence in the forest and then created even living spaces for themselves in the trees. Can you describe that for us?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't actually have a lot of clear information about exactly um, what type of action has been going on uh, in the forest, but my understanding is um, that activists have set up permanent encampments in the area that's slated to be developed into Cop City. Um, and they're effectively refusing to move, um, and so through their occupation, they're obviously making a political gesture to say we oppose the construction of this facility, and they're also physically obstructing any efforts to like, clear cut the forest um, or you know begin construction. Uh, and this has been ongoing, I believe, for the past year or so. Um, so it's a it's a long running um, you know very entrenched political struggle.
0: So what is the status of the people who were arrested in the past week? I know when there was another attempted arrest or another time, I think this was in July of this year when protesters were also arrested, they were held for a couple of days without a a proper bail or bond hearing. Um, What's the status of the folks that got arrested recently?
3: Uh, so the uh, the six people who are charged with domestic terrorism were arrested a week ago, um, and they are still in jail now. They have been completely denied bond. Um, so uh, we, even though we run a bail fund and you know have lawyers on the ready to represent them to bail them out. Um, we are we are unable to bail them out because the judge has denied them bond. And the justification for denying these people bond, for keeping them in jail for an indeterminate amount of time, even before they have been proven guilty of anything, um, is this claim that the police have made that they are domestic terrorists. Um, and uh, you know, associated claims that supposedly the Department of Homeland Security has designated this protest movement a domestic violent extremist organization um
0: is that true is is, is that has that been published anywhere is that accurate nobody has been able to confirm any of
3: these claims Uh, this is kind of this is the whole playbook right and we have to understand this in terms of political repression right what the the operation that the police are conducting here is not one about law enforcement or protecting public safety or any of the things that the police claim is their usual job um, they're, they're undertaking a, a very specifically political operation here, um, which is to say when they bring charges like this, uh, they don't particularly care if those charges will stick, if the charges that they're bringing uh, reflect reality or you know they'll be shown to prevail in court. Uh, the purpose of the charges is to take people out of movement activity, to put them in a cage so that they can't continue their activism and to demonize the entire political movement in the media um, with claims that they are associated with terrorism, violent extremism. I mean, and this has two effects. One, it emboldens um, critics of the movement, uh, right? It gives uh, it gives people ammunition to say, "Ah, don't listen to this movement. Um, it's uh, it's a bunch of violent, crazy people." Um, And on the other hand, the people who are sympathetic to the movement, who agree with its messaging, uh, they become scared. Um, There's a chilling effect, right? Um, So even allies of the movement, other protesters who might want to speak up in support of the movement, uh, they now find themselves wondering, am I going to be next? Am I going to have Homeland Security coming to my house accusing me of being a terrorist? Maybe I'd better just quiet down keep my head down and wait for the whole thing to wash over. And this is exactly what the police are hoping for, right? Um, they've recognized that they can't use the legal process, you know, like the, um, the courts are not in their favor, public opinion is not in their favor. The only tool that they have is the sort of the violence and the, um, the capacity to demonize um, that being the police affords them um and so they're kind of just like pushing as hard as they can with the tools that they have regardless of whether it's legal regardless of whether it's ethical
0: and with atlanta being a a mostly black and brown community the construction of this cop academy could have a further detrimental effect on these communities because this is where the police are deployed to not to mention the kind of training chemical training you know bomb shit. I don't know what they're doing down there, but I'm sure it's, it's all destructive to the forest and meant to be further destructive and harmful to the black and brown communities of Atlanta. I want us to play a clip, if we could, from um, Community Movement Builders, an organization there in Atlanta, uh, their executive director, Kamal Franklin. And again, as Marlon mentioned, the Stop Cop City movement has been running, y'all, been running down in Georgia for almost the better part of two years now. So this clip we're going to hear is when Kamal was speaking at a town hall, and I guess, I, especially if you're an activist organizer or those that support movements, I want you to listen very clearly to what Kamal's about to say, because there, there's there's a lot of hypocrisy in the ways in which, for example, the achievements and the methods used by the civil rights movement in the 1950s and 60s, the way that those leaders and those people are heralded and their bravery heralded. But in 21st century, present times, those same sort of tactics for those actions are not only discouraged, but they're being criminalized. So I want us to listen to Kamal Franklin uh, drop some gems on us. Check it out.
4: I Atlanta is justified like no other city in this country. It is the next San Francisco, the next Seattle. There's not going to be a space where poor working class people, and again, particularly poor working class black people, can live and survive in Atlanta anymore. And so what do they do? They turn to the use of the police. So think about it. Top City is connected to all of that. It's not an abstraction. It's connected to all of that. We all know when justification happens, it's because the police are also pushing people out of communities. More tickets, more arrests, more harassment. This is the plan. And the alternative is, and I thought Atlanta liked this, that we need to get into a little good trouble. Right. (laughs) Ain't nobody family telling us when they lord our leaders over us, or the folks who they put in front of us to be our leaders, that good trouble is a good thing. Civil disobedience was supposed to be a good thing. Direct action is a good thing. Breaking laws that are unjust and immoral is a good thing. Don't you let them separate you from folks who are doing the work on the ground. Don't don't let them give you that good activist versus bad activist crap. Oh, you're going to do it the peaceful way, aren't you? You're just going to have a rally at two, leave at three, you know, stay on the sidewalk, do some chants, and then you're gonna go home, right? That's what we expect from you. But folks have learned that doing it the way they tell you to do it won't solve the problem. It'll keep you running around in circles as they build the city that they wanna build, the top city in the forest. So that is their goals and objectives. Our goals and objectives are to stop it. And we can invoke a little
0: Malcolm by any means necessary. Wise words there from Kamal Franklin. Don't let them play that good activist versus bad activist role. And trying to, he was referencing Congressman uh, John Lewis, who said and and usually praised the values of getting into good trouble to getting into trouble that advance the greater good, the, the the good of equality and justice. And in this case protecting the environment and protecting the forest. Um, Talk to me, Marlon, about about exactly what Kamal said. Do you see the ways in which perhaps activists might be being pitted against each other or, are, are the activists that are united in this fight, are, are they actually united? Kamau had described to me about people from all different political backgrounds really coming together in, in a coalition to fight this. Uh, and are, are you seeing the ways in which, I suppose, the, the police and in, in other external forces might be trying to splinter and separate that?
3: Absolutely. I mean... Um... Repression, repression is a discipline of the authorities. Uh, they have a playbook um, that they bring out anytime a social movement starts to gain power, um, starts to become successful, and gain momentum. Um, and, and one of the elements in that playbook is to try to play elements within a social movement against each other, um, to create internal um, disagreement, dissent within a movement. Um, that, that playbook has not been working against the movement against Cop City. Um, The the activist movement has remained um, largely coherent, um, seems to be composed of many different elements, many different organizations, different community organizers, different um, like disorganized kind of like conglomerations of people who take initiative on their own. Um, but, But all of these components seem to be supporting each other, tolerating each other and working in concert. Um, and so the police have been progressively escalating their tactics and resorting to to other plays from the repression playbook. Um, they've attempted to bully activists to create a sense uh, that um, people who are associated with the movement against Cops City, with the defending the forest movement, um, are under surveillance. Right? We've seen. Um, activists being visited at their home by FBI agents or GBI agents, um, uh, being given vague threats about you know um, their association with the movement or that they're going to be arrested. Um, we've seen presence of huge numbers of police um, at public rallies or protest events, um, just to convey a sense that, um, that if, you, if you show up at a protest, you're in danger, right? Like you might get attacked by police, you might get arrested. Um, of course, there have been, like you alluded to earlier, there have been a number of rounds of baseless arrests made against protesters. Um, just uh, over the summer, um, police mass arrested 15 people in a public park near Little Five Points, um, who had been doing nothing more but ha- then having a uh, a protest parade through the Little Five Points area in opposition to Cop City. Um, those people were all charged with. Uh, being a pedestrian in a roadway, and they were jailed overnight. Uh, this is the kind of tactics that police use to just kind of like, make it feel uncomfortable to be associated with a with a social movement. Um, and uh, that is the kind of thing that the Solidarity Fund, the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, my organization, exists to counter. Um, when police deploy The strategy of repression to try to prevent activists from exercising their rights, um, making good trouble, like Kamau said. It's essential that we have a a popular public force that's able to counterbalance that, to do the work of anti-repression, to make sure that when activists face these kinds of consequences, that they don't do it alone, that they have people who are ready to provide them with assistance getting bailed out to connect them to attorneys who can help them beat these bogus charges um, and even to, to respond with legal action against the police and the authorities who try to suppress these movements. Um, and just make sure that the impact against the individuals, the people on the front line who are speaking out, um, that those people aren't left kind of holding the bag and suffering all of those consequences by themselves. Because in fact, social movements are broad and deep. It's not just the people who are sitting in tree houses who care about Cop City? Uh, you know, there's there's a, a broad movement of tens of thousands of people throughout the city who are concerned with this. And part of the goal of the Atlanta Solidarity Fund is to make sure that everybody who cares about the right to protest dissent in Atlanta um, is able to protect that right um, from the authorities who who would like to squash it. You know, who would like to end protest movements for good.
0: So tell us, how how can we support the Atlanta Solidarity Fund? Because as you mentioned, people need resources right now. And, and correct me if you know the answer to this and if I'm misspeaking. But from what I understand, all of those most recently arrested were all white. And let me say, white folks, yes, you need to do this. Because, because we know how much more harshly the criminal justice system is is on on black and brown folks. So if you have the of uh, a uh, means to do so to to get arrested and not have to worry about losing your job or 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 losing, you know, your home, um this is a kind of of big up ally action and ally energy that we definitely need to see because again, the cop city is disproportionately going to affect Black Atlanteans, brown Atlanteans, they're trying to construct this right on the edge of a Black neighborhood where when it rains a lot, there's flooding, right? The forest is there to help be a natural environmental barrier to help, uh, you know, keep away <laughs> some of the more harmful effects of pending climate change. So this this whole action is, is multi-layered in so many ways. But Marlon, how can people support the Atlanta Solidarity Fund? Because it sounds like there there's a need there.
3: Definitely, yeah, and I completely agree with everything that you're saying about the racial dynamic of it. I do wanna recognize that um, the activists who are arrested and charged with domestic terrorism, the majority of them are white, but not all of them. Okay, uh, thank you. Um, it's, and I think it's especially important to recognize that people of color who are arrested and targeted in these situations need even more support, even more urgently um, because of the vulnerable situation that they're in just by default with regard to the criminal justice system. Um, and that's part of what solidarity within movement work looks like. Um, so for folks who are, who are interested in taking up that work, the biggest thing that the Atlanta Solidarity Fund re- needs right now is money to be able to provide bail for these activists. They've been currently denied bail, but the expectation is that if we're able to get them another bond hearing, uh, their bail will be astronomical. Um, And we're doing everything that we can to make sure that we can get them out as soon as possible because they are currently in danger in the jail system. Um, So, uh, fundraisers, contributions online, extremely helpful. The second thing that's needed very badly is, like I said, this counterweight to the repressive maneuvers that the police are doing. Um, The authorities are hoping that by demonizing uh, this protest movement, they can isolate it. They can make it seem like a a fringe thing that the public is not associated with. And in fact, that's exactly the opposite. Um, And part of our role is to to counter that narrative that the authorities are creating. so it's really important that everybody who feels like they do care about this political issue, um, who opposes Cop City, who cares about the defense of the forest, um, speak up about that. Talk to people that you know, voice your support for these protesters, um, participate in calls for public protest, um, you know, if if they come out um, and do so with without fear. Um, and remember that if, Uh, the authorities do try to overstep their bounds and target you for your association with this social movement, that there are many, many other people and many other resources that exist to defend you. Um, And and that really is the spirit of solidarity, the recognition that an injury to one is an injury to all. And as long as we don't abandon each other, when we become targets of repression, uh, that we'll be able to defeat it together. Um, So we encourage people to continue to protest, continue to stand up for the things that they believe in and not allow these tactics to terrorize them into silence.
0: Marlon, what's the website Do, or there are there cash links?
3: Yeah, if, uh, folks can go to atlsolidarity.org um, for information on how to support it's atlsolidarity.org.
0: Brilliant. And um, I, I'm just I, I'm so grateful and appreciative that there are people there, again, will, willing to put their bodies on the line, willing to put their freedom on the line it, it, to, to, to resist the, the furtherance of the militarization of the police state to defend the forest, which so desperately needs to be defended. And of course, to defend black and brown communities in Atlanta who are already under the boot of, of um, police violence there by the Atlanta Police Department. Marlon Kautz from the Atlanta Solidarity Fund. Marlon, thank you so much for making some time to to enlighten us about this situation happening with the Stop Cop City movement. We appreciate it.
3: Thank you. Thank you for covering it.
0: Absolutely. You guys, um, please, atlsolidarity.org is the website. Appreciate Marlon joining us. And I hope you guys, uh, if if you were not previously aware of the Stop Cop City movement, that you got a little bit of insight into that. Where are we going next? Oh, yes. The Nazis are in town. Well, maybe that's a misnomer. (laughs) The Nazi sympathizers are in town. It's not a cute situation here with President Volodymyr Zelensky. Is it rude to to mock Iraq, a Russian accent? Is that Russophobic? That's not my intention. I don't have a problem with Russians, to be perfectly honest. I you know, regardless, you know, okay. Let me be quiet. So anyway, but Vladimir Zelensky. <laughs> let me let me stick with my accent. Vladimir Zelensky. I cannot tell the difference between the Russian and the Ukrainian accent. They seem to be very closely aligned. Anyway, President Zelensky. Uh, took some time off from the front lines of war <laughs> to come over here with his with his hat in his hand and beg for some more money but truthfully is it really begging when joe biden is trying to literally shovel tons of cash in zelensky's face i guess i guess it's not really begging but so zelensky's over here um, and I, I imagine this is going to be, we, we are setting up for a very embarrassing situation for future American presidents when they look back at this state visit. Well, I don't even know if this is officially a state visit, but he's just here. So Zelensky's over here um, not begging for money. Like I said, Biden is ready to give it to him without a problem. Um, but here, here, here's what he's guaranteed to get. First of all, he's guaranteed to get an audience with the U.S. president. Check. Uh, he's guaranteed to address Congress tonight. they letting him address Congress tonight. Interesting, but another big reason if you could pop up that Atlantic piece there for me, Colin. Another big reason why Zelensky's in town because he understands that the balance of power and the purse strings are about to be altered some come this January 2023. Because as you know, uh, the Democrats have lost control of the House, and you know, the Senate is where everything goes to die, nothing gets done. So Zelensky clearly sees the writing on the wall with the purse strings, if not being outright snipped, being reduced quite a bit. So what I believe that Vladimir is expected to walk out of DC tonight with something close to $2 billion in humanitarian aid. Oh, and he gets a whole new Patriot missile defense system. Way to go. (laughs) Way to go, Joe. Joe. Uh, for sticking the screws to everybody in the United States to make sure that Ukraine is well propped up militarily to continue this proxy war um, against Russia, against Russia. And the other aspect about this, is just very wild to me how Vladimir Zelensky can show up, not even be in town for 24 hours, roll out with $2 billion. Meanwhile, the Biden administration, whomst, at the onset of his, his term, said that he was going to be the pro-union president. So how is it that the railroad workers and their unions have been working for months, a year now, on a deal to to secure paid time off, sick time for railroad workers? And Joe Biden and the democratically-led Congress said, you know what, I think we're going to shove this, <laughs> this labor agreement right down your throats, Uh, You can take this pay raise and take these zero paid time off. No sick days, no paid sick days. But Zelensky gets to come here and walk out with the bag. Isn't it funny how that works? American workers don't get shit, (laughs) but somebody who is uh, the the latest vessel uh, for for the American war machine and um, uh, U.S. military global hegemony, it's, it's funny how that money just appears it just appears but when you ask for the money regarding student loan debt cancellation or raising the federal minimum wage or correcting our infrastructure to the point where places like Jackson Mississippi and Flint Michigan and lots of other places <laughs> might, 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 might I add you know that everyone that everybody want to cry broke oh no we don't got money for that we don't got money for this oh but you got money for Vladimir though Vladimir don't even got a Bend over, touch his toes, bust it wide open, nothing. He just walk in and walk out with the bag. Funny how that fucking works. Um, that's all I gotta say, <laughs> to be honest about that. That's all I have to say about that, because I'm I'm very, I'm very disgusted. Um, I saw the ways in which America opened its arms to Ukrainian refugees, and not to say that they weren't deserving, but I don't see how Ukrainian refugees are more deserving than Haitian refugees. Uh, The people that are fleeing certain pockets of Central and South America because of the untenable political conditions and economic conditions there that the United States helped to create and set. It's just wild to me when when America sees white people in distress, they say, oh, we have to help (laughs) when they see Haitians and Cubans. Coming over on rafts, they say send them right back. <laughs> put 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 Jean Michel back on that raft and send him away. Send him back to Port-au-Prince. I just had do. I do not like it. A lot of aspects of this, but um, tying it in to kind of what we were talking about with the cop city again, because you see, America always got money for police. America always got money for police to train places, uh, so they can blow up shit and figure out how to do urban occupations. And, you know, try to figure out ways to deploy the police against us, (laughs) the the citizens. Uh, They don't never run out of money for that. They don't never run out of money for war. And they also don't ever run out of the money. But you know who might run out of money? I might run out of money, psych. Somebody else might run out of money. The other money story that I wanted to talk about has to do with Donald Trump. You guys saw this big story, huge story breaking today. Trump's taxes, Trump's taxes have been released. The House Ways and Means Committee, was it last night they voted? Voted to release Trump's taxes uh, to the public because I think the House just recently, in in recent weeks, just acquired Trump's taxes. Um, And it was interesting because there are some years that the good Donald or the bad Donald, she always said the the bad Donald. That the bad Donald didn't even pay taxes. Now none of this surprises me at all. Hold on, let me read. Let me hit, hit y'all with some shit. So again, the House House Ways and Means Committee voted to allow the public to see six years of Donald Trump's tax returns. After many years of delay, we are finally going to get to see Trump's taxes. Uh, that was reported by Victor Shee, and Victor categorized it as bad news for Trump. Is it bad news for Trump, though? You guys, don't, do, do, do people understand that Trump, do, you can't, you cannot give a demon bad news. <laughs> like the demon, the demon is immune to bad news. Trump has been fucking investigated. Trump has had to pay fines. Trump has been married, divorced. Trump ex-wife fell down the steps. Trump has d- tried to start wars with Iran from his Twitter page. I mean, The the bad news for Donald Trump to me is relative because in my almost 45 years on this planet, I look at Trump and I've been watching Trump for a while from a distance. I don't see Trump having to go. He hasn't gone down for shit. (laughs) Okay, He's He's not gone down for anything. He didn't go down for tanking Atlantic City. He didn't go down for stealing. He didn't go down. He did not go down. He did not go down. I do not anticipate him going down because of this. But regardless, so let's talk about uh, the Trump tax stuff. So the other aspect of the Trump tax stuff, hold on, I thought I had this all ready to rock and roll. I do not. There are some years, I think it was 2018, that Trump paid actual zero taxes. If we could just put up some of these articles there, Colin, because, you know, it's it's a little bit of a madness over here. Um, Trump also claimed for years that he could not release his taxes, especially when he was running for president because he claimed that the IRS was was auditing him. Turns out to be a lie. Um, I, I do find this significant, but it's it's significant just because it's finally out there. The actual revelations within some of this reporting, to me, it's not surprising to me because of course he lied. Of course Trump lied about being audited. Is, is, is he breathing? He's lying are words coming out of his mouth. He is lying. (laughs) He is lying. But it just goes to show you that this is the system of which keeps america in its current iteration right america is not a place for workers it is not a place for you're tired you're poor as we are seeing with the title 42 bullshit the ways that immigrants and migrants are being treated down at the southern border all that shit written on the statue of liberty and in the constitution bullshit Every, every every single stitch of it every single word of it if you are not in trump's position rich white male property landowner None of that should apply to you, and you should know that. And 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 let let the example of the railroad workers show you that, because the rich whites are totally taking a dump on the working class whites. And I w- I wish all the whites <laughs> would be be paying attention to that, because uh, that's significant. You need to know that. Ah, uh, but but let's circle back if we could for a moment, because I I was reminded because of all this news, and I'm gonna get into some more of the details in just a second. But I just wanted to play you guys a clip because. All of this has been out here for some time. So during the 2016 presidential, (laughs) between the 2016 presidential debates between uh, Clinton and Trump, Hillary, to Hillary's credit, and boy, do I loathe to give Hillary Clinton any credit for anything. But Hillary did lay this out. She laid it all out, right? But to counter Donald Trump, Like I said, if he's talking, he's lying. If he's breathing, he's lying. I have to say, in this clip that we're about to see, Trump did not lie. He didn't tell any lies. And it gives a very good, very plain explainer as to why Trump is not having to be responsible for his his proper tax burden Um, and, and why the United States just continues to defend and promote and fund war and the police at all costs. Let's take a look at this clip from the 2016 presidential debate. Don't laugh too hard guys.
5: (laughs) He is the first candidate ever to run for president in the last 40 plus years who has not released his tax returns. So everything he says about charity or anything else, uh, we can't uh, prove it. You can look at our tax returns. We've got them all out there. But what is really troubling uh... is that we learned in the last debate he has not paid a penny in federal income tax and we were talking about immigrants a few minutes ago chris you know half of all immigrants undocumented immigrants in our country actually pay federal income tax so we have undocumented immigrants in America who are paying more federal income tax than a billionaire. I, wow. I find so that astonishing. So let me just tell you very simply, we're entitled, because of the laws that people like her pass, to take massive amounts of depreciation and other charges, and we do it. And all of her donors, just about all of them, I know Buffett took hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, Soros, George Soros took hundreds we, of millions we, of dollars. Let me just explain. We, we, All no, of her we, donors, we most of her donors Trump, have done the same thing as we, I do. Okay. And heard, you know what you should have done? Folks, we heard and you this know, a, Hillary, what you should have done? You should have changed the law when you were a United States senator because your donors and your special interests are doing the same thing as I do, except even more so. Well, you you should have changed the law, but you won't change I, the law because you've taken so much money. I mean, I sat in my apartment today on a very beautiful hotel down the street, known as Trump. Made with Chinese steel. But I will tell you, I sat there, I sat there watching ad after ad after ad, false ad, all paid for by your friends on Wall Street, that gave so much money because they know you're going to protect them, and frankly, uh, you should have changed N- the law. So if you don't like what N- I did, you should have N- changed N- the law.
0: Damn, dog. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm not giving Trump a bars. I'm not giving Trump a bars, but goddamn kids find the lie. Where's the lie? where is the lie and that is the kind of the whole point right like this is a semi gotcha moment as it pertains to Donald Trump and his taxes but the real gotcha is for the people who remain in power Republican Democrat doesn't matter because they are going to formulate and craft the laws in the in the ways that most benefit the people that really run this country and that is the American oligarchy okay <laughs> like we do not have a democracy here it's always funny to me when I watch mainstream news and they you know talk about russia oh the russian oligarchy baby (laughs) can can we can we have a conversation about the american oligarchy and thank you to trump for referencing warren buffett right there very very prescient in, in terms of the discussions about the railroad barons versus the railroad workers and and the unions that they are a member of yeah hillary clinton had an opportunity joe biden also had said opportunity as he was a senator for 250 years right These people had had chances. Democrats had opportunities to change these laws. And ah, I was going to say you can't fault Trump for taking advantage. I mean, because this is America and this is capitalism. So capitalists are going to capitalize, are they not? But if the law wasn't there for them to be able to not have to pay any taxes whilst sitting on piles of money, are they not supposed to take advantage and exploit a system that is there to be taken, advantage that, that is meant to be taken advantage of and exploited by people of that class, of that particular ilk? Hillary knew that, Joe Biden knows that. That's why Joe Biden rode so hard for the railroad owners and not the workers. That's why he shrugged his shoulders when he said, Oh, the railroad workers got zero sick pay days. No one could have negotiated that deal but me. Yeah, motherfucker, we know. <laughs> we know. That's not some shit that you brag about, Joey. That's not some stuff that you brag about. But th- there is a lot of, you know, details in the Trump stuff. And again, it's interesting just because Trump set a precedent for being the first president of the modern era to not release his tax returns. Apparently, during his tenure, once, once he got elected, the House Ways and Means Committee were supposed to be auditing his shit. They weren't auditing his shit. But then again, I, when Trump first took office, maybe a year or two in, after he brought um, Trump International, well, the, 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 the old uh, post office building down there in DC and ter- turned it into Trump Hotel, it was the attorneys generals for both the District of Columbia, Carl Racine and the state of Maryland, Brian Frosch, who brought a case against Trump against Trump for violating the emoluments clause, I believe, of the Constitution where the president is not, you know supposed to enrich himself <laughs> through the office while he is sitting in office. And I think this suit even included Ivanka and whatever, but it didn't go anywhere. And it was so wild to me. I just saw the system. On one hand, you saw the Democrats losing their minds, frothing at the mouth. We got to get Trump, got to get Trump. But then on the other hand, I saw the other part of the system just ignoring everything that Trump was doing, just rubber stamping it. Oh, he he wants to let foreign dignitaries pay high amounts to have rooms at the trump hotel in dc sure no problem <laughs> ivanka wants to come sit in on the meetings the trade meetings sure no problem jared punk ass is right there yes what's been going on guys is that it is us against them it is the riches versus the poor's and here's the thing if you Earn or 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 have in your possession less than hmm, I'm gonna be generous here. Let's say a hundred thousand dollars. You're poor. <laughs> you are poor. You are a poor. I, I am a poor. We are all a bunch of poors out here. And this government will elect whomever it 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 deems worthy of upholding the system of of us versus them of the oligarchs versus the proletariat, right? working people are under attack in this country. And even within the class of working people, Black people are under further attack. Brown people are under further attack. Gay and trans people are under further attack. And while there may be some stylistic differences, there may be some issues hither and thither in which Democrats and Republicans do vehemently disagree. What they do agree on is making sure that your ass that stays under the $7.25 hourly federal minimum wage. They want to make sure that you remain piled under insurmountable student loan debt. They want to make sure that Jared Kushner and his ilk continue to buy up all the, the, the single family houses to make home ownership in this country completely untenable, they want to make sure that the criminal justice system and the carceral state remains as it is, keeping two million Americans incarcerated, the most in the world. Because that serves an ends. That's I mean, that's a plantation. That that these that our prisons are basically. Make no mistake about it, our prisons are mostly operated by private companies, and they don't pay. The people that are there incarcerated a deserved wage to do labor, to create products, to do work for the state and or for private industry like we we are in a very bad situation here. And when we look at what's happening in Atlanta. With the cop city. This is a very unpopular policy that they're trying to advance and it's being backed by private dollars with the Atlanta Police Foundation, which you know includes a conglomeration of different corporations. I believe Coca-Cola is part of that. I believe the Atlanta Journal-Constitution might be part of that also. Or at least they operate as a public relations (laughs) mouthpiece for the Atlanta Police Foundation. But when you look at how people in the Atlanta area feel about this, they don't like it. It's not a popular thing. Does the state give a fuck? No. <laughs> no. Uh, the police need a new place to go blow shit up and practice shooting black people. They are determined to make this happen. But the resistance that we're seeing in Atlanta is a resistance that I want us to take with us across this country. Truly. And and I'm gonna call myself out on this too. Truly, we should be in the streets. I should have been out in the streets in DC today to protest fucking Zelensky getting his hands on another $2 billion, $1.8 billion and some new Patriot missiles that he's just going to walk, walk home with. Um, and there's a potential, another 40 some billion dollars waiting for him in, in this, uh, budget they're about to vote on, I guess in the coming days. Um, so we should be in the streets for that. There's no reason that the war machine continues to get fed, and yet in the United States, we have half a million, million more people that are unhoused in this country. As we are going through a, a, an Arctic chill weather system right now, where I'm certain, and it breaks my heart to even say this, but I'm certain there are unhoused people that are going to lose their lives as a result of this weather system that is coming through, through the country right now, right? But Zelensky gets billions. What, what, what about us? What about us? That's why the name of my show is called Burn It Down with Kim Brown. It's not um, vote till we win, Kim Brown. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, not, it's not let's reform piecemeal uh, with Kim Brown. No, it's called Burn It Down with Kim Brown. You know why? Because the sooner we get to burning down, the sooner we can get to rebuilding. I want everybody to understand that the system, the way it is set, set up right now, between capitalism and this fake ass democracy, it's it's unsustainable for us. It is perfectly fine for Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. They're doing very well. How are you doing? Hmm? As well? Worse? <laughs> are you doing as good as you were four years ago, eight years ago, 12 years ago? Probably not. You're probably doing worse. It's, it's important for us to disinvest from what America. Portends itself to be, and look at it very clear-eyed for what it actually is. This is an exploitative country that is determined to grind every single piece, minute, second, hour of labor out of you that they can. And if they're not able to do that, then they're going to find a way to get rid of you. They'll they'll you know kill you with the state, either with the police directly, or kill you with not providing you with adequate health care or kill you by poisoning the water in the air and what you drink it's later it's later than it looks guys we we are later in this game than it appears and the sooner that we get fired up pissed off angry ready to go out in the streets I think the sooner that we'll be able to get our pathway to a different <laughs> to a different outcome because the current pathway that we're on right now, it's not going to work. So do me a favor, guys. Um, like I said, subscribe, become a member to Status Quo News. It's really important to support independent left media because uh, they are trying to get us up out of here. And by any means necessary, to, to let, let Twitter tell it. Um, but the other thing I want you guys to do is please go over to my channel, subscribe, become a member, like do whatever you want. Follow me places around the internet at BIDWKB, Instagram, Facebook, it's all their other shit. I don't know. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to say, what was it? Oh, 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 come hang out with me tomorrow on Black Power Media. For the Remix Morning Show, my good friend uh, and comrade Kamal Franklin, who we saw at the beginning of the show speaking on behalf of the community movement builders, uh, Kamal's on the show. And so is Dr. Jared Ball. And so is the Air Doctor. And so is Kalanji Changa. And so is Jacqueline Lukman uh, by any means necessary on Sputnik Radio. So we, we have a good morning program available for you starting at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. So thank you all so much for your time. Shout out to Colin. Shout out to Jordan. Appreciate y'all. Let me come on here and rock it out a little bit. Thank you, Zayda. Zayda. All right, guys. I'm out. See y'all.